0: Hi, I'm Maria Thea Harris so sos on social media. Welcome back to So Over Fifty podcast on So Organised Style. Stay listening. So Organised Style podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the elders, past, present, and emerging. Thanks for joining us on Sew Over 50 podcast as we continue with this series featuring the men in the sewing community. Sew Over 50 intersects with all communities. Eno Svets was one of the men Sew Over 50 featured this year to show how there is diversity in the Sew Over 50 community. Eno or Outdress.no is an outdoor gear sewing specialist. He refers to this as
1: functional sewing.
0: Thank you for being today's So Over 50 Guests, Enno.
1: Thank you very much. It's an honor to be here.
0: And it's an honor to have you here because you're a very specialist sewer that I think is really important for people to hear about the work that you do.
1: Thank you. I think many people call the type of sewing I do for technical sewing, but personally I prefer the term functional sewing because it's the function of the garments and the things I make that is central
0: Well, I think we'll continue on with that point because there are a few things that you've made and I think it is all about the function as to why you've designed it in that way.
1: Yes, correct.
0: Yeah. All right. What is your favorite hobby? Is it making clothes or being in the outdoors?
1: Well, actually, I would have to answer that it's being in the outdoors. (laughs) That's also the reason why I moved to Norway because I like hiking and fishing and Cross-country skiing and Netherlands was just not the place to be. But being an engineer in my working life, I have always had kind of limited possibilities to use my creativity in my job. So I've always needed on the one hand, the activity in the sports to be outside. And on the other hand, some means to use my creativity. And I've always made things like I've made surfing boards, bicycle, fishing rods, knives, loudspeakers. And sewing was just another way for me to be creative and make things that I have used for. But normally when I've made things, master the skill. When I was finished with the project, I was finished with the whole deal and moved on and tried something new. But with sewing, I found out that there's so many things that you can make. You can make garments, you can make equipment, you can sew for yourself, for others. So it's kind of a skill that has lingered with me and developed i've now been actively sewing for like seven eight years but i started long before that
0: there is actually a photo on your instagram account of the is is an anorak it's
1: an anorak yes.
0: that you made when you were 17
1: yeah that was i think the first sewing that i did i was 17 and i just I like discovered the outdoor life and camping and hiking and I was living in the Netherlands and had a friend that had this typical Scandinavian-style cotton anorak. I found it a very interesting garment. It was not possible to buy it in the Netherlands. So then I went to my mother, who did some sewing, and asked her if she could make such a garment for me. But she was used to having patterns and she found this a bit too difficult. But I was 17 and young and <laughs> unafraid engineer to be. So I asked her, just show me how this machine works. Yeah. So she showed me the basics of the workings of the sewing machine, but she didn't have much confidence in my project. But I went on and drew a pattern from this anorak from my friend, studied all the details and tried to figure out how it was made. And then I sewed this anorak. And actually, it became pretty nice, uh, and now over thirty years later, I still own it and use it every now and then. And when I study it now with my experience now, it's it's not perfect, but it has a lot of interesting details, like single welt pockets and top stitching, and a lot of things that are kind of considered advanced sewing. But yes. I knew nothing about it, and I just made it then and figured out how it was done. So that was my first experience with sewing.
0: I encourage listeners to go into Eno's Instagram account and go and find that anorak and look at the detail. It's actually quite good.
1: Yeah. I'm still kind of uh, (laughs) satisfied with it, even though I could do it better now, but I'm impressed with what I made as a first sewing project. That's good.
0: So how did you develop your Instagram name?
1: Well, it was, I think maybe some friends that were impressed by my sewing and they said you should have your own brand. So well, it lingered for some time and then we had some kind of brainstorming session, probably some whiskey involved late night. Okay. And after a lot of suggestions that we found out were already taken by other brands, then we came up with the outdressed name. With like the out part referring to the outdoors equipment and garments I make. And dressed referring to the some more formal fashion type things I make. And when I tried to register that on Instagram, I found out that they wouldn't allow it. So I had to add the .no extension to it, which is on the one side, the internet extension for Norway. And on the other hand, phonetically, it's like my first name. So then it was outdressed.no. Ah. Uh-huh. That's clever. Thank you.
0: Where can we find you online?
1: Well, it's mainly my Instagram, outrest.ano. I have some things on YouTube as well, but mainly it's outrest.
0: So I think we've already touched on this question, but I'll ask it anyway. What made you start sewing?
1: Yeah, I told you about this anorak I wanted to have when I was 17. I think that has been the drive all along the way that I wanted to have things that were not possible to buy, or that was very expensive to buy, but still not as I want them to be. So I think after this first sewing project, when I was 17, I did very little sewing for 25, maybe 30 years. And then I discovered this online fabric store in Germany, This is called Extreme Textile, and they sell all this kind of technical fabrics like the breathable waterproof fabrics like Gore-Tex and they have uh, seam tape and waterproof zippers and everything. When I found out about that, I found out, okay, maybe I should try and combine my outdoor interests with my sewing skills. And I ordered some fabric from there and made some gaiters first sharpening my technique on this kind of fabrics and when that worked out I went on to making jackets and pants and everything and I've been sewing quite a lot since I discovered this online shop.
0: (laughs) It's quite interesting that you've done a whole series of different sorts of bags and clothes can you tell us more about the outdoor clothing that you focus on?
1: Yeah well as I said it's like making stuff that I have used for in my Other hobbies, I think it's fun to make your own gear. And for me, it's a combination of using my creativity and my engineering skills, because making this kind of garments is something very few have done before on a hobby basis. I did some Google searches when I started and I could like find three or four people describing such projects in the whole world. So I kind of had to find my own way of doing things. And actually, that suits me very fine. And the other reasons is that I've been sewing outdoor gear is, for the first, it's very expensive to buy this kind of gear. So you can save a lot of money if you make it yourself. Even if you should buy the expensive stuff, often it's not as you want it to be. And so when you're doing it yourself, you can fit it to your own body. You can adjust it to the kind of activity you're doing most clothes are designed to fit best when you're standing up with your arms along your sides but when you like make a jacket for cycling you have to adjust it to like a rounded back and you have your arms in front of you so you have to adjust the pattern maybe rotate the arm compared to the body etc so you can do all these adjustments and like make articulated knees and elbows I really like this kind of origami (laughs) pattern adjustment. And then you can add all the details you want, where you want to have pockets, what kind of pockets do you need, the reinforcements. And last but not least, you can leave out all the things that you don't use. Because if you buy a jacket and it has six pockets and you only use three, why make the other three? And if you make your things yourself, you are also able to repair things because Using equipment and garments outdoor means that it gets wear and tear and it will get broken in the end. But if you can repair a hole or replace a zipper, then you can extend the lifespan of your equipment, which is good both from an economical point of view and from an environmental point of view.
0: yeah.
1: So, yeah, that's what have attracted me to this kind of sewing.
0: I think the interesting example that people should look at is the kayaking outfit that you've recently made this year.
1: Yeah, that was maybe the most complicated project I've done thus far because for the first, you cannot find a pattern for this. You have to design it yourself. So basically the pattern is made of some waterproof socks that I designed myself, pant pattern that I had from before and a jacket pattern. They are put together and there's some adjustments there to make it fit optimal when you're sitting and kayaking. So there's some extra space in the seat area and there's some articulated knees. The arms are so that you can have your arms a little raised when you're using them for paddling. So that was the one challenge. And the other challenge is all the interfaces between waterproof zips and fabric, between the gaskets and the fabric, and then uh, of course, the extensive taping to make it all waterproof because you think things are waterproof when you make like an all-weather jacket, but if you really put it underwater, then you have to <laughs> sharpen your taping techniques.
0: The two interesting parts of that outfit that I noticed was where you had the pockets on the, both the jacket and the pants for the kayaking and then the collar, what you had around your neck. Can you explain
1: that? The zipper placements on the jacket, the, the main zipper is a diagonal zipper just to get in and out. And then there's a zipper in the crotch, which is called for a relief zipper. So if you're a man, you can use it uh, to pee. Aha! Uh-huh. And I have a, a little pocket on my upper arm just to put a phone and the keys and stuff. There are waterproof socks attached. On the feet and on the arms and in the neck there's a rubber gasket that is like a standard rubber gasket used in this kind of suits which you can buy online as a replacement for normal commercial suits yeah so the, these gaskets and the zippers are all glued to the fabric and that's kind of a challenge because it's different materials different elasticity and so on so you have to find the right glues
0: and so because it's waterproof technical fabric When you receive it, you don't have to do any treatment before you use it, do you?
1: No, it's a kind of a breathable waterproof fabric, Gore-Tex or something similar. And the, the shops that sell it, they aren't allowed to call it the real name because of the producers. They normally only sell this stuff to commercial garment producers and they don't want it to be sold to amateurs. But these shops, they buy the rests from commercial producers or the the stuff that didn't get through the quality control. So you can buy it online, but they are not allowed to call it by their original name. But usually if you're a little experienced, you can read between the lines what materials it is and where it is produced, and then you know what it is.
0: That's good to know. Do you only focus on making clothing?
1: Well, as I said, not, not only clothing, I've made backpacks, I made a pack raft, I make bicycle panniers, etc. Actually, backpacks is kind of an interesting story, because both my wife and I, we have used old-style external frame packs with an aluminium frame and a sack attached to it. And they fit our kind of hiking very well, because they're ideal to carry heavy loads on long trips. But mine was made, uh, I think, in 1975 and my wife's is maybe 10 years younger. But over time, the wear and tear and mice took kind of a heavy toll on these. So we came to a point that they could not be used anymore, and we had either to buy something new, which is hard because these kind of packs are not produced anymore,
0: yeah,
1: or I had to make new sacks to attach to the frame packs. So I did the latter, and then we had really a possibility to design these sex ourselves and make it optimal for our use. For example, with my wife, we sat down together and decided how big should the main pack be. And she said, well, I want a lot of pockets on the outside. Well, okay, what kind of pockets do you need? Mm-hmm. Well, I need a pocket for my toilet paper to be at hand. And I need a pocket for a mosquito oil and sunscreen and mosquito net. And then I need a place to attach my walking pulse when I'm not using it and I need some place to put my laundry to dry when we're walking. And then when we're crossing rivers and I take off my hiking boots, I want some place to attach them by the laces so we can cross the river. So all these details were implemented. And so she got herself a new pack that was really optimized for her use. And because we were using modern high-tech materials, it was waterproof and it was like half a kilo lighter than it was before. So hopefully she has a backpack to use in the next 30, 40 years.
0: It's good that you were able to use new materials and you've lost half a kilo in just that one bag. That's great.
1: Yeah, and got more functionality because now it's waterproof as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And did you end up making a bag for yourself or is that the next project?
1: No, I actually started for myself. The, the bag from my was the second one. Okay. I think both uh, are described, the whole process is described on my uh, Instagram. Well done. Thank you.
0: We've probably touched on this, but is finding fabric a challenge?
1: Well, for this kind of outdoor projects, it's not many stores that sell this kind of fabric, but I found some online. I mentioned the Extreme Textile in Germany. Yep. Uh, the problem there is that they have stopped shipping to Norway because of the complex import rules because Norway is not a part of the EU. So now I have to use my family in the Netherlands to get the stuff here. Uh, Some other stores that I've used is Ripstop by the Roll in the US and a company called Shelby in Finland. They also have some technical fabric. Ripstop by the Row is more on equipment like backpacks and hammocks and that kind of stuff. Uh, Shelby has some uh, garment fabrics and some interesting patterns for outdoor uh, garments as well.
0: Are there any patterns that you favour for outdoor wear?
1: Well, actually, I seldomly buy patterns. There are not so many patterns for outdoor wear to buy. As I said, Shelby has some, but there is a company called The Green Pepper that has some outdoor garments. I use some of them when I sew for others, but sewing for myself, I usually go to my wardrobe and find the garment I own that has the best fit and start cupping that and adjusting it and putting the details in from there. And as I said, with the dry suit, there is just no pattern to buy to make such a thing. You have to make it yourself. And as for other like more normal fashion type sewing that I've done a little as well, I found that there's actually very little variation in menswear patterns. Also then you can buy a pattern, but you often have challenges with finding the right size, finding the right fit, and then I found it's, it's easier to just find your best shirt in your cupboard and copy it and maybe adjust the fit, find another color, find other details. It's often easier than buying a pattern, uh, then you probably have to sew uh, muslin first to find the fit, if I copy the best shirt I have in my wardrobe, then I know it will fit. And I can adjust if I want a more loose fit, I can add some ease or a more narrow fit. I can maybe add some dodge or some. I think it's easier to go that way than to buy a pattern.
0: That makes perfect sense. I noticed that one of the vests that you've got on your Instagram feed, it's a red vest.
1: Yes, <laughs> very <laughs> pleased with that one.
0: <laughs> you designed it?
1: Yeah, I designed it. I think I was inspired by an episode of the Great British Sewing Bee. <gasps> Maybe it was the Norwegian Sewing Bee. I'm not sure. But they had to make a man's vest with a clothing of their own choice. So then I took the basic, a basic man's vest pattern and just designed my own clothing in the front, which is uh, different from anything you can buy, probably.
0: Yeah, it is. And it's very impressive. Thank you. What sewing techniques should people learn when they're sewing men's clothes?
1: Well, the, the obvious answer maybe is that you should learn the, the basic techniques like making welt pockets, plackets, zip flies and so on. But from my own experience, I would rather say is learn how to copy garments you like and that fit well. Learn how to draw patterns and to adjust patterns and study how the existing garments you have, how they are made take your best shirt and copy it and maybe add some other type of color, find some fun fabric. Then you end up with a really good garment and the techniques you will learn on the way. If you have the motivation and making something that you really want, then you, you learn. And if you don't find out, go to YouTube. Everything is on YouTube.
0: Definitely. So when did you discover the Sew Over 50 community?
1: Not sure when it was, but I'm pretty sure that the first time I saw the hashtag being used was by Duane from Mainly Men's Wear. Yep. As I just turned 50 last September, I haven't been using it for so long. I think I only became aware of the community behind this hashtag when you guys shared my uh, dry suit project. And I suddenly got a lot of new followers and then I started looking, what is this? Stuff and then I found out about the community and about the podcast and uh, so I'm quite a new follower.
0: Oh, everyone is welcome, and it's not age specific. So that's the good thing about Silver 50 is it's a very inclusive community to encourage people to sew. Yeah,
1: and I find it quite interesting that there are not many guys that sew, but there are some quite interesting accounts on uh, Instagram that you can follow on, and. Uh, Dwayne from many menswear, and it's Peter Lappin. It has a lot of his male pattern baldness. I think it's called. And you had Wouter in your podcast uh, last time. So there are quite a few interesting accounts to follow.
0: Yeah, and I think we're lucky that the men who sew in the sober fifty community, and there will be more in the in the coming weeks when I've contacted them. They've been quite happy to be on the podcast, so there'll be more to to listen to in the future.
1: Yeah. And for us, it's quite interesting to kind of be a part of this community. For, for me, I've never done any sewing course. For the, Mostly I sew on my own in my little sewing room. And the only contact I have with other people with similar interests is through the internet, yeah. through Instagram, through this kind of communities.
0: It's good that you are able to find people who sew online and that they are there as a resource
1: Yeah, and that way internet is a very good possibility because you can find people all over the globe. Because if you have this kind of narrow interests, both the mail and sewing combination and the the outdoor sewing, it's, it's not that many people that do it. And then being able to find them all over the world actually helps you to find your little community.
0: So what advice would you give listeners who are thinking of following you to make their own outdoor clothes?
1: I think the best advice is find your motivation. Start with setting some goal of making something you really, really want, but that you cannot find in the shops. Maybe you have to start small and make some other stuff to get the skills to get there. But I think it really, really helps to have this motivation, this drive. Then it's much easier to learn your skills.
0: Inna, thank you so much for sharing your skills and your knowledge on how you sew functional garments. It's been really an eye-opener and I know listeners are going to want to watch what you do next.
1: Thank you very much for having me here and I really look forward to hearing from other people and maybe answering questions. and So so thank you very much.
0: You're welcome and thank you again for your generosity and have a lovely day, listeners. This episode of Sew Over 50 Podcast on Sew Organised Style Was produced by me, Maria Theoharis, Harris, with permission of Enos Fetz, soundbybensound.com. You can subscribe to Soul Organized Style Podcasts, but with an S, not a Z, on all good podcast apps. Make sure you give us a five star rating and review and support us on our Patreon account. Every Sober 50 podcast is free, so go back to our archive and catch up on this series about men who sew and other people in the Sober 50 community post any questions or suggestions you have on our Instagram account at So Organized Style or on our website at www.seworganizedstyle.com or on our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe everyone.